Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast and our freedom stories. So I wanted to introduce you today to Diana Merriam. Uh, Diana is someone who lived the FIRE lifestyle. And we've talked about FIRE before. It's, it's basically similar to what we talk about with Freedom Day. Um, but FIRE is, you know, financial independence, retire early. And she did that. And you're going to hear a little bit about her story today. Diana, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So glad to have you on today. I'm really looking forward to, to telling your story or you telling your story to our audience. So why don't we start with your story? How'd you get to where you are today? Sure. So I found myself at 28 years old, living in New York City in 30 grand of debt for absolutely no reason. Like I was just living outside my means and I knew nothing about money. And, you know, at 28, that 30th birthday is kind of looming, you know, it's a very reflective time, like, what the I've got hell it. am I've I doing it. with my life? You know? I adult myself at this point. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and so I knew I needed to figure out my finances. And, you know, I, I ended up running a credit report on myself. That's how I realized I was 30 grand in debt. Like I knew I was in debt. I just didn't ever look at it collectively. And so that was kind of a wake up call because I had this goal that I wanted to go walk the Camino de Santiago for my 30th birthday. And for those who don't know it, it is a 500 mile trek across Spain, Mm -hmm. um, flash forward, I did end up doing it. It took me 38 days and it was incredible life adventure. Um, But at the time when I was 28, it was like, man, I got to get my act together if I'm actually going to do this crazy Mm -hmm. trek across Spain. And so I ended up finding this blog, Mr. Money Mustache in Mm -hmm. my research about personal finance and just trying to educate myself. And up until that point, you know, I had looked at debt reduction calculators. I had been reading about personal finance. A lot of it had this tone of like struggle to it, Yeah. right? That this is going to be hard. You're going to have to reduce your expenses and it's going to feel like deprivation. And it just had this kind of like doom and gloom. Mm And when I came across Mr. Money Mustache and some other content creators in the fire movement, it was a very different vibe. It was Mm -hmm. a, it was almost like, look at this incredible opportunity we have in front of us rather than looking at things as like deprivation, if you're reducing your expenses. So I'll give you an example. Like one thing that I did, and I ended up getting out of this 30 grand of debt in 11 months. One thing that I did is I focused on like my food costs. Cause usually your, your highest three costs are, um, your housing, your transportation and your food. Mm -hmm. And I went out to eat a lot. Like (laughs) I had my twenties in New York. Like I was always going out, partying, drinking all the time. Right. And so I started cooking every meal that I ate. And a lot of people around me would say things like, 
oh my gosh, that seems like such a burden, you know? And like, <laughs> how could you just cook for one person? Like that seems like it was just unreasonable to yeah. cook your own food <laughs> living in New what's York What's wrong City. with you, lady? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, this is New York City. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> and so it, it really took a mindset shift, a mm -hmm. mindset shift to be able to say, you know, rather than this is a burden to bring my lunch to work, mm -hmm. rather than seeing it that way, I felt this like intense feeling of appreciation that I have access to a grocery store, mm -hmm. that I have the physical capability to make my own lunch yeah. and to, and that I had like options and creativity that I was able to, you know, realize in creating these amazing meals. And Plus so more than that, you knew it was in your food. Yeah, exactly. It just, there was so many benefits to me cooking my own food and, you know, it led to me like cooking is one of my absolute favorite things to do. I still awesome. cook every meal that I eat and yeah. I cook for my family and, you know, it's, it's just this shift from seeing it as a burden to like, oh, that's a first world problem. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually like way more fortunate than I was like recognizing previously. So there, there are people in the world who have never been to a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so kind of, that's just one small example. If you compound that over the decisions mm -hmm. I started making in every area of my life and area of spending that yeah. led me to get out of 30 grand of debt in 11 months. Nice. And so from there, I started saving and investing about 60% of my income. And during this time I was getting big jumps in my income. There was a period mm -hmm. of about three years where I got like three 20% raises three years nice. in a row. And so what did I do with that? Most people will let that lifestyle inflation creep in mm -hmm. where they get the nicer car and they buy the bigger house and, you know, they yep. splurge a little bit. And I just continued to live like I was on that lower income, mm -hmm. you know, after I had gotten out of debt. And so all of that money, I was just banking. And yeah. so I got myself to this position which in the fire yeah. movement is known as coast fi. So mm -hmm. it means that I have saved enough in my retirement vehicles that if I don't contribute one more dollar, mm -hmm. that money is going to grow through the power of compound interest to what I need in 30 years. I'm 35 now. So what I need mm -hmm. in 30 years to retire at a traditional retirement age, yep. I'm pretty much, I front loaded my retirement savings. Absolutely. And so when a lot of people think about the fire movement, and you may have talked about this on your show, they think about, I need to reach my FI number, which traditionally is 25 times your annual expenses. Mm -hmm. Then you can quit your job. You can retire early. You're financially independent. Mm -hmm. I, I have kind of downshifted before reaching that full FI number. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there are a lot of milestones and options between working a full-time job and completely retiring. Right. Yeah. And so there there's, there's milestones along the way. Coast fry is one debt. Freedom is one getting mm -hmm. FU money is one, yeah. right. Saving up enough for that. And so I, um, currently I host two daily podcasts. Um, it is about one day a week of work mm -hmm. and it covers all of my expenses. And then oh, I yeah. also produce this conference called the economy conference, which is, um, it's really a party about money that's designed for the fire movement. Nice. And that has not been a source of income for me. It has the potential to maybe make me money eventually, but you know, I have been working on that since like 2018 and it's, it's a huge endeavor. 
yeah. um, to build like a high production value event, especially with well, COVID. Hit, yeah, I was right? going to say it doesn't help having COVID two years of that in the Definitely. middle. Definitely. Yeah. No, and <laughs> and I've been very fortunate in still being able to. I mean, I increased the audience about sixty percent between nice. the first and second event. Um, we are on track to sell out our next event in 2023. So, you know, it is definitely tracking in the right direction, but I'm not dependent on that business for my income Mm -hmm. because my expenses are so low Yeah, and, you know, I've been able to reach this coast by status. Um, you know, I have my cash cushion and so anything over that is kind of gravy. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I, what I really appreciate about the fire movement is, most of us want more money. And Mm. I think the fire movement helps us really define for ourselves how much is enough because really that money is only as valuable Mm -hmm. as, you know, your clarity on how you're going to use it and your comfort level with how much is enough. And that's really what the fire movement has taught me about money. Well, you know, and I mean, there's so many people that are out there that, you know, I, I call it the hucksters on, you know, on, on the internet and on YouTube, all this, with the with the Lamborghinis and the background and all that, which you know they just rented, they don't drive the no. things. And you know, I that's the life I want. You know, I, I if the life I want is I want to go travel whenever I want to travel. I want to go do fun things or or challenging things like you did with the Camino Real. You know, I mean that's the kind of stuff that those are experience that you're going to live forever. And, totally. I, I laugh because like one of the things that was on my bucket list was, you know, I wanted to drive a Lamborghini at the, the F1 track here in Austin, you know, it's, it's 400 bucks, you know, okay, figure out a way to make 400 bucks. You go drive a Lamborghini. Yeah. It was a lifetime experience. I don't want to own one because they're awesome on an F1 track. They are good in potholes. Yeah. So I don't need to own a car. Yeah. I don't need to own that kind of car, but you know, live those experiences and, and, you know, live for, that that's the part, like I said, you know, I was telling you before, that's the part that I, I hope that is starting to come into the fire movement more of, okay, what were those things that you can stretch your for, uh, yeah. and, and continue to grow and everything else, you know, continue to, you know, give back to society and everything else. So, uh, yeah. that's I just mean, awesome. I will tell you, I'm pretty ingrained in the community. Yeah. And I can, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what you read online about the fire yep. movement, but when you actually spend time, I mean, I had 400 fire enthusiasts at my nice. last event, nice. the people you meet in real life aren't necessarily represented by what you read online. So yeah. I think it, it it is a common misconception that if you retire, that yeah. means that you're not contributing to society or you don't know what you're going to do with your time. But mm. I find I, that to be very rare in the people yeah. that I interact with in the, in the fire movement. Most I people stand. have a, have something that they're retiring to, mm-hmm. and you should do that whether you retire at 65 or 30, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're just going to sit on your couch all day, then what's the point? Yeah, I know yeah. some of the old, I know some of the oldest 60 year olds and the youngest 90 year olds in the world. I mean, that's absolutely it. So tell me a little bit, what were you actually, what did you do for a career uh, before you fired out? So, so I built my career in brand extension and licensing. So if you think about something like a product, like Welch's fruit snacks, for instance, Mm -hmm. it's a $400 million business. It's the most popular fruit snack. Everyone knows what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Welch's actually doesn't make that. There's another company, the licensee called promotion in motion. That's who they are. And they literally develop the product product. They 
manufacture it, they market it, they distribute it. They literally do all of the work and then they pay a royalty back to Welch's. So I built my career um, at the agency level, basically sitting in the middle and finding those partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. Matchmaker. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) So tell me uh, now, when is the, uh, when is the, the economics coming up? So yeah, it's called the Economy Conference, and, it, and that's economy with an M-E at the end because I think I'm so clever. Um, so the next Economy Conference is happening March 17th through 19th of 2023. Brilliant. Now, is it online or is it in person? Only in person. No. So I do I do um, have videography of all of the main stage speeches, okay. um, and you can actually watch all of those speeches just like TED Talks on my YouTube okay. channel if you just search Economy Conference. Nice. Um, so all of the main stage speeches are on there, but we do breakout sessions. We do workshops where we'll dig really deep into like tax optimization or drawdown strategies or some mm-hmm. like, like really technical stuff. Um, And then we also have a ton of social events um, and activities because my philosophy is what's the, uh, what's the point of like having this abundance of time if all of my friends are working, like Phi is much better with friends. (laughs) And so actually all of my friends today are people that I have met at Phi oriented events. Like, you know, I have a friend here in Cincinnati who she is the person I spend the most time with because she's the only person I know that has full autonomy over her time. So we go long distance hiking during the week. We go float down (laughs) the Miami river while everybody else is sitting at a desk and it's amazing. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that, that you have to band together. I mean, that's, I find that myself because I mean, you can't, I can't really go out to the golf course because everybody I'm going to go hang out with during the week is going to be 70 and 80 years old. You know, so yeah, it's, it's fun to find those folks that are kind of living that same life you are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So what, uh, what else is new in your world coming up? What else is new coming up? Um, well, I am launching a interview series called economy encore on my, um, YouTube channel. We're actually just doing the first one. We're recording it in a couple of weeks in front of a live audience Um, And the idea of it is to continue the conversations that started at the economy conference. So all the people I'm interviewing have been at the conference. um, And so we're kind of continuing those conversations. The first one is a CFP um, who is actually talking about, you know, is our financial advisors incompatible with the fire movement because they're really demonized for a lot of reasons, which we're going to dig into. Um, but then also a lot of people still use them because they're nervous about investing. And so that's just one topic that we're, we're going to discuss on this, um, segment I'm calling economy encore. Um, yeah, but other than that, just a lot of travel. I mean, obviously I love events that's mm-hmm. why I produce one. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to ask you if you're going to go to podcast movement, I'm doing yeah. that next week. There's nice. another event I love called camp Fi, um, which okay. again is where I make a lot of friends. Um, so I'm going to one of those in Minnesota. And then there's another nice. conference coming up called, um, FinCon, which is, okay. um, for money nerds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I may see you at that. Cause I'm a money nerd. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Super cool. Well, uh, let's jump into the fast five questions because I want to put you on the spot. Sure. All right. So first one, you wake up in the morning, business is gone, still have the knowledge head, a laptop computer place to live. What are you going to do first? Mm. And $500, by the way. And $500. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, so my best friend had said this to me once, and I think about it all the time. She said that because I am an extreme extrovert, I talk to think like, mm-hmm. I don't even have access to my own creativity unless I'm talking to another person. Yeah. I'm a very extroverted person. Again, this is why I produce in-person events because I love people. Yep. And so I think the first thing I would do is I would talk to all of my, my, my social circle, my support system. Mm-hmm. I would call every single one of them. I would tell them the situation and I would brainstorm with them. That's Brilliant. the, that's the first thing I would do. I love it. You can, you can buy a lot of coffee for 500 bucks. Too. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So what is the biggest business mistake that you've ever made? Mm. biggest business mistake. When I first launched my business, Mm -hmm. I was scared to do it by myself. I thought I needed a Mm co-founder. And so I ended up searching for a co-founder and it was like, I was so desperate to not do this alone that I ended up partnering with someone that didn't bring a lot to the table. And it was kind of like, it was, it, it was challenging then moving past that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I created a lot of heartache for myself just because I didn't trust myself enough to take a leap. And I felt like I needed another person. So I would say early on, I mean, I recovered from it fairly quickly, but Mm -hmm. that was like, that was a huge hurdle that that ended up costing a lot of money in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, you know, it's scary, especially if you're going to be putting on an event by yourself it's scary. And I, yeah. I know where you're coming from, it's like, okay, it'll be so much easier if somebody else is involved. Well, yeah, if they don't work, it's, it's the point. Yeah. It can get messy and especially like, but I do think I learned a lot from that experience sure. and even experiences after that, like hiring people to help me with marketing, for instance, I probably spent over 20 grand trying mm-hmm. to outsource marketing and trying to find people to help me. But I would always hire when I was like desperate when I was like, so at the end of my rope where I'm just like, fine, I guess you'll do. And I wasn't in the right headspace to make a good decision on like, who should I be working with? And Mm -hmm. so it definitely made me a lot more hesitant, like to, like when I bring someone on, I just hired someone that's actually really amazing, but Mm -hmm. my very good friend recommended her and like talked my ear off for an hour about like why she would be better than everybody else I've tried to work with before. And and she was right. Like it's going very, very well, but, um, yeah, the people you choose to work with, the people you choose to surround yourself with in general, it's just Mm -hmm. hugely impactful on your well being, And I think that those decisions should not be taken lightly. No, absolutely not. Like I said, it's one of those things you have to kind of go through that though, too. You, you mm-hmm. go through, make the mistakes and then, then you start to realize, and you know, I, I, one of my friends put it the best. I mean, even hiring employees and things like that. One of my friends, the best, he's like, you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to think or believe more about people than they are. And he goes, I've hired many turkeys that I was trying to get into eagles and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's a learning process though. It's almost like, you know, every time a hire wouldn't work out or something wouldn't work out, I'd be like, see, here's like more reason why I just need to do it by myself. But like, that's not sustainable either. Mm -hmm. So that's not, the answer is not to do it alone. The answer is to keep looking and get better at like picking the right people. The the right. Yeah. The richest people in the world hire people around them and you just have to find the best people and you got to pay them. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality of it. You, you have to leverage that, that expertise, leverage that, you know, leverage that expertise, leverage other people's time, leverage other people's money. All those things are going to help you uh, in the long run. What's a good book that you recommend for mm. our audience? I love this book called The Obstacle is the Way by okay. Ryan Holiday. And it's, it's rooted in stoic philosophy, but it has all these amazing stories of just people overcoming obstacles. And when I read that book, I remember feeling so invincible and it was, I had read it during the time when I was still in my corporate career. And so, you know, I worked at an agency. It was like constantly putting out fires and, and dealing with clients and very demanding clients, you know? And so my colleagues were always just like, ah, you know, the sky is falling like every day, you know? And so we were, we were always venting. We were always complaining to each other. And I remember reading that book and just having this perspective shift. And then when something like when the shit would hit the fan, you know, I remember this one situation where my colleague was getting all like riled up over it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here's why this is a good thing. And it was so annoying for my colleagues after that, because every time something would go wrong, I'd be like, here's why this is good that this is happening. Um, but it's, it's really, that's a skill. I mean, we're, we are so conditioned to gravitate towards the negative and to mm-hmm. anticipate that things are going to go wrong. Um, but I think to be able to train your brain to like, see the opportunity in the mm-hmm. obstacle, Um, and, and almost like trust in yourself that like, you're going to be able to figure it out no matter what. And maybe it could even turn out better than like you, what you originally wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, that has, has really, uh, benefited me over the years for sure. It's funny you say that I'm I'm reading the the Tao of Seneca right now, the volume one, Jesus. I mean, it's, it's three friggin' volumes. So it, yeah. And, and you can only consume about one or two of those a day and then get it into you. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, the, the, the genius of stoicism though, is it's also in that, that utter chaos ability to kind of remain calm in yeah. that. utter. And I think that's what makes people mad more than anything. It's like, how can you, how can you be you know so calm in this? Yeah. It'll, it'll what will be will be and i'm right. just gonna you know <laughs> and for the most part you know we're not curing cancer you know no. like i'm producing an event i mean what it, you know it's like what could possibly i mean i want to want to do my best and i want it to do well but like yeah. the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves for stuff that like in the grand scheme of life doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just kind of like, yeah. let's put that in perspective. It goes back to your whole meal thing. How in the world could you yeah. cook yourself? Pretty easy. I just cook myself <laughs> and I like it better. You know, exactly. That's awesome. Tool that you use in your business every day. I just switched to this new project management system called the sauna that oh, yeah. I am like obsessed with. I you're, mean, you're I, the, you're the third person in five interviews that said Asana. 
Asana. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing too. It's not only helping me project manage. Like I use it for my household as well as my business. Um, I, and, and hiring this new person, like I'm able to bring her into the boards that make Mm -hmm. sense and like assign her tasks. And then we communicate about those tasks directly in the feed. So it's not all these emails that like, if you need to reference later, it's just, it's, it's, it keeps things so organized. Um, and you know, when you're producing, um, this high production value event, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we're talking, my budget's like a hundred grand for this event yeah. and I'm doing it by myself. Most people that event that produce events at this scale have, have a, a whole team, team of like 10 yeah. people and I'm doing it alone. <laughs> so to be, to have to keep track of so many details and like 90% of event production or project management in general is just having a system to track details and to remind you of things and mm-hmm. like not lose anything through, you know, especially in these days, you got email, you've got like 20 different ways that people can contact you. There's so many ways that things can slip through the cracks. So to be able to funnel information and organize it in a really efficient way, I'm absolutely loving Asana. For yeah, that. we were, we, I use Trello, but yeah, I mean, it's very similar Same thing. Uh, in yeah. approach. And, you know, I mean, I, this, the podcast and the YouTube shows, I mean, I have five teammates or five team members on four separate continents. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy for us because, you know, each of them has their own special skill and it allows, you know, producing anywhere from six to seven shows a week, you know, it's like trying to, trying to make sure this one's here and there and everything else. I mean, we have multiple Trello boards where we just walk through that whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, I used the sauna before and I don't know what got me to use Trello. I think a friend said, Hey, try Trello. And I, I, I'm mired into it now, so I ain't leaving, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> as but, long yeah, as you're I'm, using I'm right something you. though. I mean, I, I kind of, I was bullet journaling for a little bit. I would have mm-hmm. like a to-do list on a Google doc and I'd have yeah. some written notes and I'd have my CRM system and I'd have my email and I had, you know, calendar reminders. And like, I really, it's taking me a long time to kind of like consolidate that mm-hmm. all into one system, but it is doing wonders for my stress level. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like I was telling you, you know, my, my, my personal thing is, is, uh, Evernote. And I mean, mm. even my calendar runs into Evernote. So my calendar and task list are in Evernote because I'm in there all day and it's like, okay, that's always in front of my face yeah. every yep. time I get in there. So yeah, whatever, whatever your poison is, you've got to, you've got to get to the point where you free up your time and you're not, you know, I mean, I, I used to do the same thing as you. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. oh, I got notes here and sticky notes here and this and that and everything mm-hmm. else. And once you start to get it there, it just, your life becomes so much easier. And if you start to have a team, so, you know, if you're out there, you're sitting in a cubicle and you're like, Hey, I want to start a business. The sooner you start to figure out your systems, the easier it is. I mean, like right now for the next two months, my podcast producer's out, she's in the Philippines. She's out on maternity leave. Yeah. This could have just blown it. Right. If I had been, if she was the only one doing this, but right. I just shifted most of her responsibilities to a, a team member I have here, right in Austin, and it, I mean, seamlessly, we're, we we yeah. just kept producing right along the whole time. Definitely. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah. a huge fan. So good stuff. What if somebody wants to reach out to you and get in contact with you? What's the best way to do that? 
Yeah. You can go to my website, economyconference.com. And remember, economy has that M at the end. Economy, <laughs> economyconference.com. There's a contact form on there. You can also just email me, diana at economyconference.com. You can find nice. me on all the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, so yeah, I mean, plenty of, plenty of ways to reach out to me. Um, you can also listen to me every single day on the optimal finance daily podcast, where I will serenade you with the sweet sounds of personal finance knowledge. (laughs) I love that. That is awesome. (laughs) Well, Diana, thank you so much. I mean, you're just, you're a bundle of energy and, and the smile is contagious for those of you that are listening. She's got a wonderful smile. Watch us on the YouTube channel and you can see this. Um, but thank you so much. And thank you for for pulling that conference together. I think it's yeah. outstanding. Uh, it's just, it's fun to to be able to, to continue to grow. I mean, all of us have the same goal. We're trying to help people get out of that grind or yeah. sit at one point or another. And, you know, even business owners that have gotten out and, you know, you think you're a business owner and you're free and you're not. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's wonderful to, to pull the, pull the tribe together. So thank you for being on, uh, folks, all of her contact information, uh, will be down in the show notes page. So feel free to reach out to her at that point. And, uh, let's see here, there subscription right down below on the left-hand side, make sure that you subscribe to the channel so that uh, we can keep bringing wonderful people like this to you. So thanks a lot. And we will see you guys all back here again. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.